0: If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. So what affects our ability to be coached? What impacts our coachability? Let me provide you a couple bullet points that I think will help organizations and individuals become more coachable, more approachable. First, I'm going to use the word feedback but I'm going to use it in a different context. What is our relationship with feedback? Now, let me give you two broad spectrum examples. On one hand, you might have an employee who relishes feedback, somebody who has a healthy relationship with feedback, who really wants to know what they need to do to get better. On the opposite end, you might have an employee who immediately upon getting any type of feedback starts to come up with negative responses in their mind, meaning their relationship with feedback is usually to push back, to admonish, to not really become self-aware. Number two, our emotional readiness. Are we ready to hear things? The good stuff as well as the stuff that maybe is opportunistic for us to get better, but we don't want to hear it. When we get feedback, when we're in a conversation, are we ready or are we distracted? Now, the next concept is something called self-honesty. I think one of the best books I've ever read is by a young lady by the name of Tasha Yurik. And she wrote a book called Insight. And it's all around self-awareness. Now, when I read this book, and I've read it actually a couple times over, highlighting it, making notes, it's just a fantastic book. And we, for 25 plus years, have talked about progress coaching using the definition of coaching simplistically as the following. One, it's getting someone to look in the mirror. Two, getting someone to take action on number one. Yet very few people do number one arbitrarily on their own. Now, I've said that a million times. Here's the funny thing. She did a survey and 95% of the people said they were self aware, highly self aware. Yet in her research, it showed only 10 to 15% of people were truly self aware, meaning 80 to 85% of people in general are kind of fooling themselves. Now, let me add a little bit of humor to this. When was the last time you were giving one of your employees constructive feedback and they looked at you and said, you know what, I've really been kind of blocking my mind and I've really lacked awareness. I think you're right. Normally, what do we get? Nodding, nonverbal assurance that, you know, we're being listened to. Yet that doesn't mean they agree. And again, the goal of feedback and coaching isn't just agreement. Yet, without self honesty, people really looking in the mirror, being self aware, quite frankly, coaching, mentorship, even training for that matter, will suffer. Now, our fourth bullet item I think this is huge surrounding honesty. Now, what do I mean by that? Surrounding honesty are the people we typically gravitate to in the workplace and socially. Now, I'm going to give you a really obnoxious depiction of what I'm talking about. You will not find a person who objectively, consciously says, you know what, I'm going to seek out people to be in my friendship and my workplace circle that will disagree with me and really challenge me who do we typically gravitate to people like us people that will be supportive people that will typically tell us things about ourselves that we like to hear let me give you an example i remember talking to a supervisor and she was talking about one of her manufacturing line workers and she said well i have to be supportive of my people and i said absolutely and she said, I wanted to let her know that I was supporting her. I said, that's great. What what happened? Well, she's been late a couple times. I said, okay. I said, I'm not understanding the issue. She said, well, I went to the human resource director and I really, really wanted to show my employee I was fighting for her. I said, well, I have to ask you a question. I said, what did you say to your employee? Well, I told her I was going to fight for her. I said, at any point did you tell her, by the way, you're wrong. You've been late. Could be good reasons, but we need you here on time. Well, no, I wanted to talk to the human resource director first. And I smiled. She said, what are you smiling at? I said, do you know what your employee just learned? She can continue to be late because you will go fight for her. You have to support your people. Yet somewhere along the line, everybody, support became this, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you say, I'm going to agree with you. The great depiction, the great definition of a friend is the person who will say things to you that you don't like to hear because they care enough about you to share that with you. Let me give you another great example. I've been in the coaching field for almost 30 years. And people will ask me, and I was just speaking to a high school business class, and somebody said, how did you get into this business? And I said, I was working at IBM, and I still remember it. 33 years later, 34 years later, clear as yesterday, my boss, Martha Sheffield, after six months, I went into her office to quit. See, I came from the YMCA where I knew everything, Now, I was going to IBM. I had never turned on a computer. I was lost. Here was the amazing thing. As time progressed in the conversation, I was giving her a litany of reasons why I was uncomfortable. I didn't know what people were talking about. I really felt like an outsider. And she said, is there anything else? I said, well, on top of it, I'm in your office almost every single day and I feel like I'm letting you down. She said, okay, well, let's let's come back to that at the end. She said, why do you think I hired you? Now, remember, I'm there to quit. I am 99% sure I'm quitting. I'm going to go back to the why. had my old job, ready to go. So I said to her when she asked me the question, why do you think I hired you? I said, I don't know. She said, Because someone needed to give you a break and a chance. And we wanted to do that. We didn't hire you for your expertise. We didn't hire you because we needed you. We hired you because the purpose of a college internship is to give you an opportunity. So you have to ask yourself, are you leveraging that opportunity? Or are you throwing that opportunity away? I still remember it coming out of her mouth exactly the way she said it. Now, my 99%, I'm about to quit, quickly changed. It started to dissipate. And she said, now, for coming into my office, when I call you in my office, why do you think I do that? I don't know, probably because you're disappointed in me. She said, nope. I bring you in here because I care enough about you to take my time to invest in you and share things with you most people will never, ever do for the betterment of you. I sat there stunned. When we talk about our relationships with feedback, our relationships with self-awareness or honesty, or in this case, surrounding honesty, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to be challenged? Are we willing to hear things that we don't want to hear? What's our relationship with those things? Here's the amazing thing. I hated walking by her office for six months because I knew I was going to get called in at least once a day and hear constructive feedback. Yet with that statement, Tim, I bring you in here because I care enough about you to share things with you for your personal development, that most people will never take the time to do so. In a second, in that moment, I had what is called a defining moment. My whole relationship with their office was, I want to be in here. My whole relationship with her sets of feedback, I wanted to now hear them. I went from 99% quitting that job to 100% how could I ever quit on this boss? So I stayed two more years and 33, 34 years later, I became certified in emotional intelligence. One of the areas where I scored the highest, I believe the highest was self-awareness. And my coach Ed said to me, you have a high degree of self-awareness. Where does that come from? I told him the story I just shared with you. That defining moment changed my relationship. Now, Do I get defensive with constructive feedback? Sure. Am I always emotionally ready? Absolutely not. Am I always honest with myself? No. It's about getting better. So surrounding honesty is giving people in your circle, socially, in the workplace, permission to challenge you so you can broaden your awareness and horizons. Last, here's a big one, conversational skills. Our ability to converse. Now, in emotional intelligence, we talk about self-regulation. So I want you to think about conversational skills. Think about two people talking about politics. One a Democrat, one a Republican. I bet you, as I just shared that with you, You probably went to a place of discord, disruption, yelling, arguing, probably didn't go to a place of calmness, cooperative conversations, really good listening skills. So what happens when we're getting feedback? What happens when we need to demonstrate emotional readiness? What happens when we're not self-aware? What happens when we don't position people around us with surrounding honesty to be blunt and candid and straightforward with us, we cut ourselves off if we lack conversational skills. How often are we talking to somebody, giving them feedback for them to say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but? Because they know you're wrong. Let me give you a second insight. How often... Are we thinking about what we're going to say if not combat somebody while they're talking? We all do it. Yet, without practice, we won't get better at those things. So let me share this story with you. Our next book coming out is called Coachability, the missing piece in the workplace culture. As I was checking out of a condo hotel in Door County, Wisconsin, I was behind a customer who was talking to the person behind the desk. And the person behind the desk evidently had to find out how to get some more power turned on in this particular unit. Now, the customer was very calm. The person behind the counter was very calm. There was no yelling. There was no screaming. Yet, it was really interesting. And the customer said, when will the rest of the unit be turned on? The person behind the desk started to describe everything he had been working on. Well, I checked this circuit board. I checked this circuit board. And then we went to the box and we checked this and he went on and on. And I could see the customer getting agitated. And then he was ready to say something. He turned around and he looked at me and he said, do you want to go in front of me? I think this is going to take a while. I said, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I'm in, I'm in no rush. So they continued their conversation. And again, no yelling, no screaming, no arguing, fairly, fairly good conversational skills. And the person behind the desk said, well, let me go call my manager. I'll be right back. He turned to me and he said, you sure you still want to wait? I said, absolutely. This is fascinating. The customer turned around as the person behind the desk walked away. He said, did you just say fascinating? I said, yeah. He said, why? I said, your question is pretty simple. I said, I think he's really trying. He said, no, you're right. Yet your question is, when will the power be turned on? He said, right. I go, you know, and I know he doesn't have that answer right now, right? He said, right. I said, yet he felt the need to explain everything he was working on, really to kind of buy some time and appease you because he's fearful that you're going to be upset, yet he's not answering your question. He he goes, yeah, you're right. He said, boy, you're really good at this. And I said, well, tell him about the book I'm writing. And, And I said, it's really cool to observe other people. And I hear myself in this conversation where I make mistakes. How often do we answer questions we weren't even asked? So the person from behind the desk comes back and the customer really generously looked at him and he said, look, Before you tell me what your manager said, yes or no, do you know? I'm not upset with you. Do you know when the power is going to be turned back on? The person said, no, I don't. The customer said, thank you so much for being honest. And he goes, I'm not being sarcastic. That's all I wanted to know. Then we'll adjust. We're okay. We're we're enjoying our stay. And you could see the person behind the desk lower his shoulders and just relax. What's the moral of the story? He gave permission for surrounding honesty. He gave permission for the person behind the desk to be really honest with himself. And after I talked to him, what increased? His emotional readiness. I said, you know, deep down, he doesn't know the answer, right? He said, yeah, you're right. So then when he gave feedback, the feedback was, we'll adjust. Just let me know when it gets turned back on. The person behind the desk said, sir, thank you so much for your patience and your generosity. We're going to take some money off of your bill. Customer said, thank you. That would be very kind of you. Again, we'll adjust. Not a big deal. Yet, because of the lack of conversation, like two ships passing in the dark, it was starting to escalate. Why? They were talking about two different things. And it was almost like I was an official. Now, do I need officials in my conversations? Absolutely. We all do. So when we're coaching, when we're coaching, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be in the moment. We have to be clear. We have to demonstrate active listening. Had both parties looked at each other and said, here's what I've heard you say, is that correct? They would have saved about 10 minutes. Now, they had a very good conversation. There was no yelling. There was no discord. That's why coachability is so important. Becoming self-aware. Becoming self-aware through self-honesty being truthful with yourself, surrounding yourself with people who have your best interests at heart, yet also challenge you. And being in the moment conversationally, talking to the issue at hand. If we can train and educate and coach people to change their relationships with feedback, becoming emotionally ready, really practicing self-honesty and positioning themselves for really professional, thoughtful, surrounding honesty, and then practiced conversational skills, wouldn't the workplace be a better place? Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You